0: Doug Sparks, editor in chief of Merrimack Valley Magazine. Lou, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing very well today. This will be a first. This is going to be a first.
0: So we we have. Well, heard. we're hoping it's going to we're be a co- first. Okay, so we're waiting yeah. on on the, the, the <laughs> senator. So State Senator Diana DeSaglio is out walking across the state of Massachusetts right now, mm-hmm. and she's supposed to zoom in, and we're gonna we're gonna speak with her. Um, uh, but we haven't heard from her yet, but she just got the information, so that should happen soon. And we might even have some special guests on the program yeah. this morning because she has some friends uh, and friends of the show out there. Um, We're taking a remote to a new level. Yes, absolutely. It will be a first. But, you know, I've been watching on her Facebook page. I've been watching her her uh, do Facebook Live and sort of give updates, and it's it's pretty fascinating. I mean, if you're, oh, yeah. if you're not following her on Facebook, anyone, you, uh, whatever your politics you should definitely check it out just in terms of the adventure, just in terms of like what it, what it's in, you know, what's involved in going out to the New York border on an early Friday morning. Right. Yeah. There she is. She's connecting. Yes. Uh, Hey, Diana, can you hear me? Mm. Can you hear me? I can hear you.
2: I can hear you.
0: Okay, cool. I can hear you too. There's a little bit of a delay. (laughs) There's a little bit of a a delay. So I'm going to ask questions and I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, zip my lip. It looks much sunnier out there than it is around here.
1: The
2: sun just came out. I'm so excited. It was uh, a little bit drizzly this morning, but within the last half an hour to 45 minutes, the sun peeked out. You can see there's some blue in the sky right now up there behind me. Fantastic. Very exciting. As you know, the first day, it rained the whole day, (laughs) Um, but we've had some really, really great weather since then, so I'm super grateful that the weather has been cooperating and we're making some progress today Doug we're getting to the halfway point.
0: Yeah, so why are you um I was just starting to talk about this. If people don't know why you're doing this, why on earth are you walking across the state of Massachusetts?
2: That is a great question. I am not walking across the state of Massachusetts to prove how fast I can walk <laughs> because I will tell you I'm certainly starting to slow down a little bit. Uh, It's been a little rougher on the joints than I would have imagined, even though I did train as much as I could for it. uh, Still, the constant walking every single day has taken a little bit of a toll on me and, um, you know, slow down a little, little bit, but we're still in good progress. I am walking so that we can raise awareness about the need to fund youth services across the state. And in particular, I'm trying to raise funds for our local Methuen Youth and Community Center Capital Campaign. Methuen is one of the only communities locally uh, to me in the Merrimack Valley that doesn't have a formal youth center. And our kids really need all the support they can get, especially during the COVID pandemic. They're isolated from their peers. They're isolated from their mentors. And they really need the social, emotional and mental supports to be able to make it not just through the pandemic, but um, you know, to, to not just survive, but to thrive. So we're trying to get this youth center built. Uh, we've seen about $84,000 in donations come up to this point, which is hugely exciting. And uh, chose to do the walk because we can't get together formally right now, as you know, Doug. And we've been uh, really having a challenging time across all, all sectors in Profit sector, excuse me, across all different agencies in the nonprofit world, uh, trying to raise the funds that we need in our communities without being able to gather at fundraising events and at auctions and uh, do comedy shows and things like that. So this was a way that we could get creative and highlight the need to fund these youth services statewide. Uh, we've drawn attention to the Boys and Girls Clubs, the YMCA's, the Big Brothers, Big Sisters, uh, but also to be able to highlight the need to, to raise those funds for the support and capital campaign right in my hometown.
0: Yeah. So people can follow you uh, on your Facebook. They can follow you on Twitter. They can follow you on Instagram across social media platforms. And there's also um, an app called MoveSpring. Uh, where they you can track the journey and also if you want to walk along and kind of rack up some miles you can do that as well i'm number two by the way i'm number two in the lead on wow, Doug, still, which is a shame it means everybody <laughs> needs to get out there and start walking because i have not been walk i did walk a little bit this weekend but i haven't been walking much since the near 18 miles we did on friday in 40 degree weather with the cold so, rain so
2: great <laughs> So grateful to have that company that day. That was one of the hardest days. That was the hardest day because of the weather. So I'm so glad that you and Glenn Prezano were there with me to help to motivate and provide the support to keep going and the encouragement. And, you know, we ended up making it. I'm very grateful to you for that. I want to let everybody know, too, Doug, if I could, that while you can follow along with me in the Move Spring app that you can find at the inspirational ones.org website you can also do your own march across massachusetts for the youth project for this patooine youth and community center capital campaign you don't have to actually march across massachusetts so you can do it virtually the app will track your miles and you can use the app to try to garner some of your own support for the project and tell people hey you know i'm planning on walking three miles or five miles or even 10 miles for the Methuen Youth and Community Center Capital Campaign, would you mind sponsoring me? And it'll let you sign up and track your own miles and then you bring it to your family and to your friends and you ask them to make a small contribution so that you can chip in to the cause as well through those efforts in your own virtual walk. So I strongly encourage you to do that and to virtually walk alongside of me. It's for a great cause. The kids really need this. And uh, thanks again to Merrimack Valley Magazine for giving me the opportunity to highlight this important initiative and and for partnering with us by being our media sponsor. Cool.
0: Uh, so the, the whole walk is 159 miles, 10 days. Still on schedule?
2: Uh, still on schedule today, yes. We have a couple of miles to make up today. We stopped for a while here in Gardner with Representative John Zlotnick. Uh, and the local Boys and Girls Club came out and greeted us and was telling us a little bit about some of their challenges and some of their successes that we can learn from and implement in our campaign uh, for the the Methuen Youth and Community Center and met met with some of the local elected officials here. So that took a little bit of time, well worth it, Uh, but we do have some some of the pace to pick up here again. So I am going to jump back at it so that we can make sure we get there before uh, nightfall And uh, tomorrow we'll be starting off at Fitchburg State University. So hopefully some of you will join in and follow me on social media to check in on the progress.
0: Yeah. So uh, I I wanted to ask you the first day, but, you know, like we said, it was pretty cold. It was pretty, uh, um, you know, it was rainy. There were some really beautiful parts because we got to look down into some great uh, views in western Massachusetts. It was a little tough. And and I think we made sad figures along the road (laughs) with bundled up in our our raincoats. Uh, Have you started meeting people and, and talking to people in the journey?
1: I don't know she, if we seem to have lost Oh there she goes she's yeah. back.
2: Absolutely. Every time I stop to get a sandwich, You there? Yeah. I can hear you. Every time I, I stop to get a sandwich or a coffee or like that, people, you know, they look at me, they'll see me with my hiking poles or my backpack on, which I did take off for this interview to give my shoulders a rest. But they'll see me with all this hiking gear on, walking on this main road. And of course they ask, you know, what are you doing? And I have an opportunity to talk to them and to tell them what this is all about. And people have been hugely supportive and they have offered advice and moral support. And it's been really great. And again, all of the elected officials locally um, that I serve with in the legislature, some of the senators, some of the representatives, they've been coming out and joining along the journey as well to offer support. I'm actually out with President Lane Glenn today from Northern Essex Community College and he's out just supporting the cause, supporting youth initiatives, and uh, he's going to walk. He's hopefully going to finish the 20 miles with me today, if we can do the 20 miles today, and we'll let you know.
0: Okay. I, are you, do you still think you're going to make it in 10 days?
2: I do think that we're going to make it in 10 days, yes. Yes, I do. Uh, I did log in a couple of extra miles uh, previously, so I, I was, I'm was i a little bit ahead of schedule, actually. So um, we should be making it on time, even with some of these stops That we've uh, decided to include to meet with some of the local elected officials and some of the local youth center organizations
0: what happens at the end
2: at the end who knows i'm probably going to want to run and jump in the ocean (laughs) we'll see depending on the weather uh but at the end we're going to look we're going to see if we if we hit our goal and see how much we raised and then get to work celebrate very quickly but we're going to get to work i'm going to be ending at the salisbury Beach. Um, I'll be ending at Salisbury Beach on North End Boulevard, right on the New Hampshire border. So we will have gone from the New York border all the way to the New Hampshire border, and that will be in my district that we're ending. And we'll celebrate and then get to work.
0: Yeah. So all the, just to clarify, all of the money you're, you're attempting to raise in, in this leg, one hundred fifty-nine thousand dollars, and this is all for renovations of a building. What can you say about this building?
2: So the Pleasant Valley School Building on Pleasant Valley Street in Methuen is the building that is being considered by the school committee currently uh, for use for the Methuen Youth and Community Center. I am very optimistic. I've spoken with each member of the school committee and that just needs to go through the formal process where they will have deliberation about how to um, best use that building moving forward. But we have the support of the mayor. And like I said, I have spoken with every single member of the school committee about this and I'm very optimistic about the outcome there uh, regarding the capital campaign and their support of donating the use of that building to contribute to this very important cause.
0: Yeah. So uh, along the way, I I wanted to point this out. You've been staying uh, at pretty modest accommodations, right? You've been staying in kind of small, like local hotels, nothing fancy at all. Did you stay at a campground one night? I thought I saw a picture of you on your your Facebook at a campground. I stay
2: at a campground. I'm actually a, really, I'm actually a very big fan of camping, but uh, unfortunately, the campground that I wanted to stay in, one of them was booked fully, and they didn't have any openings, and the other one was shut down for the season, uh, probably due to circumstances surrounding the pandemic. Uh, so I have been staying at motels along the way, um, and uh, the p- people that are running these motels have been very, very friendly and very accommodating and very helpful. All, you know, mostly mostly locally owned. I actually, the first place that I stayed at that we ended at was owned by, or is owned by a wonderful woman. Uh, her name's Teresa, the Whitcomb Summit Retreat. And she actually had a few connections in Methuen that she was talking to me about. And uh, was actually introducing me to a couple of Methuen people who happened to be visiting her while I was there staying at her, her place uh, one of the evenings. So, definitely um great to be meeting some of the people out here and you start you know you already know it but you really it really is a small world it's really a small world so um it's been great to make some of these connections and people have been really really supportive and, and i'm very very grateful
0: how are donations going i remember the first night you got a really nice big unexpected donation from pentucket bank what how was the situation with the donations
2: Donations have been coming in steadily at this point. Uh, Would like to see a rapid uptick, of course. That would be great. Uh, And I'm once again very grateful to Merrimack Valley Magazine for putting the opportunity to donate out there to people and getting the word out to those who haven't yet found out about this. But the more the word gets spread, Doug, the more we see those donations come in. So every
0: you're breaking you up just a little bit if, if you can hear me I, a little
2: bit more quickly but even you, uh, i can hear you
0: okay you can hear me so i am gonna uh, turn this over to lou in a second because he might have some questions but the one thing i wanted to ask because i was thinking about this i hear about this uh, f- uh for people who hike the appalachian trail they hike the whole thing. It's this huge achievement. They get up to Mount Katahdin, and it's like they're so used to walking, they don't know what else to do. So there's this urge, even though they're completely exhausted, to turn around and head back down to Georgia. Do you think you're going to have that feeling? Like, once you get to Salisbury, like, yes, you're going to be tired. Yes, you're going to want to be sit down. But can you imagine just getting out there and saying, let's do it again?
2: Honestly, <laughs> I will have to let you know when I get out there how I'm going to feel. But I... I can say that I've been getting more and more motivated every day that we've been out here since I got over a little bit of a hump on Sunday, I think. Sunday, I was a little bit sluggish. I was a little bit more slow moving for the first half of the day. And then once I got over that hump, I actually have been walking a little bit more quickly, a little bit more energetic. And I think my body's getting a little bit more used to, okay, this is what we're going to be doing all day, every day for the next couple of days. Okay used to it. So who knows? I don't know. Maybe I'll get to Salisbury and, you know, be ready to get out on the trails the next day. But I do have a lot of work that I need to get back to. Uh, so, you know, fun. I'm to do act walking. Hopefully it'll put a little pep in my step to, to keep to keep up with some sort of hike. So, maybe we can think of an minute locally that we're doing of sorts.
0: Yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be there Sunday to join you at the end. My uh, my daughters have a Halloween party, so I, I need to I need to figure that's you know priority on Sunday. But I am gonna try to get out there and maybe we'll do a little interview, and and see how it goes at the end. Lou, do you have any questions for the senator?
1: Well, Diana, I'm a little disappointed you're not gonna finish out on Plum Island with me, as as opposed to going to <laughs> to Salisbury.
2: I will be stopping. I will be stopping in Newburyport on
1: the way uh glenn prezano the publisher is texting me while the interview is going on here and he's kind of uh he's kind of upset because there's no rain where you are now apparently yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) i'm not i'm not sorry there's no rain it was raining this morning and i'm very happy that it stopped for this interview
1: yeah Uh, are you out are you out with a support team in other words are you just walking alone are you meeting people on one end of your walk and the other or you just is this just a solo exercise right now
2: voluntarily so, Uh, just some friends from from our community that decided to come out and to support and to walk some of of the way with me. Uh, The first day, obviously, Merrimack Valley Magazine was out there with us all day long, offering support, that was fantastic. Uh, Day two and day three was sporadic. I had a couple of people helping out here and there. And since then, I have had uh, people volunteering and supporting all day long, which is with me all day with me early in the morning. And we walked uh, about 16 miles or so yesterday and then today, like I said, President Lane Glenn, he met me early this morning and we're going to try to put in, you know, between between 18 and 20 miles today.
1: Yeah, he'll keep you pace. that's for sure. Uh, talk to me about the most pleasant surprise, because obviously 2020 is 2020, and we're in election year, and there's a lot of animosity, and there's a lot of division. But I'm guessing what you're finding out there is uh, is m- much more pleasant surprises than the way people are in real life day to day.
2: Yeah, I mean, being out here working for a, a cause that I think everybody can get behind, no matter you know what political party you subscribe to, I think is, you know, it's really great to see. It's been together here and, and you know, nobody's talking along the, the journey about politics really at all. Everybody's talking about how great it is to, you know, uh, be able to support the youth in the community and bring people together and to support a great cause. Uh, I just got finished meeting with the director of the Boys and Girls Club here in Gardner. And she was talking to me about STEAM um, and how important that is. And so, you know, She's so glad to have the support in the legislature for STEAM efforts. What that is, for your listeners, is science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. And was talking about how important it is to make sure that they have funding for STEAM efforts at local after-school programs for these kids that goes above and beyond what's already happening day to day you know in in their school day and that's something that both republicans and democrats agree on so you know these youth initiatives are really bringing the community together and i think that this um this march has been just very encouraging on all counts in in knowing that you know everybody really wants to come and step up when it comes to supporting the kids in our communities
0: well, Senator, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I really, really appreciate you taking the time because I know you have a lot going on. So it means a lot. I hope people go to inspirationalones.org and contribute. I hope they can follow you on social media to continue tracking this journey as it continues into its uh, you know, final leg. And I wish you the best of luck today.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, Doug, Lou, everybody over at Mary Valley Magazine, working on the podcast, all the volunteers and all of those who are watching right now so grateful for your support for this youth center initiative but also for your support for all of the local community organizations that are doing great work right now uh you know please feel free to go to inspirationalones.org and check out what we're doing see how you can join in the march uh, for yourself and please also make a contribution. Every bit helps. $20, $15, even $5 will go a long way towards making a difference in the lives of these kids and help us to reach our goal. Thanks again, Doug. Thanks, Lou. We'll talk to you all over at Merrimack Mary- Mary Valley Magazine very soon, I hope.
0: Absolutely. Stay safe out there.
2: Thank you. Talk take, to you soon. Bye-bye. Take
0: care, Senator. All right, well, very that was, nice. That was fun. That was different. I mean, it broke the feed broke up a little bit, but it it, it was uh, you know we 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 got it. It's nice that it's sunny out there. I thought it was supposed to be sunny around here today. It doesn't at least when I in and yeah, I was
1: gonna so, ask her when she does this next year how, how she thought about the time range she did it like late October
0: you know it's it's uh it's funny because initially the weather reports going into I mean the plans changed because the weather reports for Friday when we started this were yep. gonna it was supposed to be mild it was supposed to be like I was, I was worried it was gonna be too hot really um, and it was also going to be 14 miles but as we got closer and closer actually the night before it extended to, you know, what ended up being almost 18, which I noticed from, like, the tracker on my, my yep. phone. and the How weather did you do with got, 18? Uh, well, um, I did okay. I mean, I was able to hike the next day. I went for a short uh, hike the next day. So what happens is the first three miles, so you get we get out and we didn't know we didn't even know where we we're gonna meet though. She was she was brought there by another senate by another state senator, uh Adam Hines, mm-hmm. who's out in Western Mass. He dropped her off in the car, like at the border, at the sign. Like not even like a parking lot or anything, just there. Really? Yeah. So we were kind of looking for a tra- we didn't know what to expect. Did he we slow looking... down
1: the car or did
0: he <laughs> Yeah, <yet? laughs> no, he, he slowed down <laughs> and we talked to him. He's a great guy. Um but we were looking like we didn't was it gonna be a trail, we were gonna walk in the road. We yeah. didn't know anything. We just we're going to be there. So, we so no up, route, we, no anything. We get up yeah. early in the morning. Well, they had a route, but she's yeah. busy. i are yeah. not going to pepper her with questions. So yeah. we're there. We're going to be troopers and we're going to go do this thing. And it's still pretty nice. So uh, Glenn Presano, owner and publisher of Merrimack Valley Magazine, I was with the car, uh, in the car with him, but he couldn't find a parking space. So he dropped me off and then he drove into Williamstown to find a space. And we were going to meet him down the road and he would kind of drive back and take a couple pictures that are going to be in the article in November, right. the, yep. the forthcoming article. So about the f- first three miles, it was nothing. It was slow slope down through this beautiful scenic. We did take a little bit of a side road. It was mm-hmm. a dirt road, really nice houses, great foliage, little hiking paths, sheep and cows. And it was, it was <laughs> everything you wanted. It was Western Mass. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, right. It was classic Western Mass. Yeah. And then as we get into to Williamstown, the rain starts falling. Now, I, as you know, I like the cold. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with the cold. I hike in the cold all the time. But cold with cold rain is a different yeah. is a different thing. And I was and I was in shorts and a t-shirt. So I was I was really, Ugh, really feeling yeah. it. And by the end, my wife was even getting a little bit frantic because she was trying to text me. But I couldn't move my thumbs. Oh, really? And yeah. it was so bad. When this whole thing was over, this whole thing was over, I, I, I had to talk to her on the phone. I couldn't move my thumbs to text. Got in my car, drove an hour. I could – everything was safe. I could – Yep. Keep you know, use the steering wheel. There was no safety issues, uh, but then I pulled over to get a snack, and I still couldn't text. Really. So like an hour later, an hour my later. hands yeah. still hadn't like really warmed up. So the first day was was pretty darn tough. And then also it was it was a little bit scary because we're right. Th- you know the hairpin turn out in Western Mass, yes. right on Route Two. That yep. goes around like the Golden Eagle Restaurant. Yep. The restaurant that was knocked off the mountainside. You That's know, right. Sixty <laughs> years ago yep. by semi trucks. We walked that, and there's no real place for, for humans there. It's, right. You know, now, in, in some ways, the rain and the fog and the sleet and the grain has probably worked out in our favor in that way. Slowing people down. Because it did yeah. slow people down. Uh, but we were still right up against that, that traffic, and it was um, – I was pretty – In the, the other point I want to make is after that gentle slope down, going through, you know, beautiful town of, of Williamstown and looking at the college or the colleges – After that, it slowly starts to go up, Mm -hmm. and then it gets steeper and steeper and steeper. In the final maybe four miles, I don't know, was just like steep, and that was kind of tough on my legs. I was worried about blisters and things like that. I've been kind of training a little bit myself. I didn't get any blisters. My feet were fine, but my thighs by the end, it's like I wanted to do that thing where I was like reaching down and and you know pulling my legs into the next step. Uh, But you know, by the next day, I was able to get out there again. Um, I feel yeah, like it, I could
1: pull it off if you put me in the position where I had to do 15 miles or 18 miles. I yeah. feel like I could pull it off. She's got to do it for 10 days straight.
0: Yeah, I know that's a whole different thing. Yeah, that's a whole so, different so yeah. Thing. I yeah. definitely felt like wow, like that's that's a lot. It was because of this because of the incline. It was a little bit more than I expected. The weather absolutely played a role. I mean, it was raining the entire. Once it started raining, it rained the entire time. It never ever ever let up. Yeah. Um, so that was that was a factor as well. Um, you know, but it's also a beautiful experience. I mean, you're out there, and and even with the rain. I mean, walking underneath the shadow of Mount Greylock, and yep. and and looking at uh, you know these these really beautiful towns, and seeing it from this different perspective. I mean, the, the other thing that gets hard at the end, I think, is your sense of time is so off because you're used to driving in a car. Yeah, and you know your destination's two hours ahead, but two hours if your legs are sore just feels like it's forever so i remember like we knew the place we were going to where it parked and i knew it was at the top of a hill yep and we would kind of go down a valley and there'd be a top of a hill and i'd be like please let that be the place where we parked right and we're just slowly making our way up to the top of this <laughs> thing and i would look down and see another valley and uh-huh. I'd be like, oh. it, it, you know so i was really feeling yeah. that that sense of man like this yep. i know this is only two miles but this is going on. But forever. it's
1: literally step by step. It's yep. like, especially when those steps become very present in your mind because you've been doing it for a while. You're oh, yeah. a little worn down. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, you do, and it's funny because I remembered, like, I, I read this James Nestor book on breathing earlier, and he talks about like how athletes use breathing. So I was kind of focused on breathing and thinking about yep. breathing. And then I think both, at a certain point, both Glenn Prezano and the senator mentioned that they were doing breathing exercises or focusing on their breath. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so you you, you do need to kind of trick your mind into yep. pushing through this in, in some ways. Now, she was, out of all of us, uh, you know, she was well-trained and she was definitely, like, the most optimistic. Like, nothing would get her down. We'd be like, oh, I don't want to go on the road. That looks miserable. We're going to get yeah. hit. Like, you know. No, that's her. I, I was yeah. grouchy, uh, yeah. you know. I was starting to feel kind of grouchy and she's like, this is fine. This is great. Like, look at these trees. <laughs> and, and she would keep going. Yeah. Uh, you know, which says something about her character, I think. Um, so it was, it was, it was great. And then I, I got home at uh, whatever, nine, nine thirty at night and woke up the next morning and drove into the office and started to work on the story. Usually stories are wrapped up by now mm-hmm. would be wrapped up by now for the November issue, but we really wanted to do this and we wanted it to be timely. And then I had to figure out how am I going to write this thing In a way, so that if somebody picks up a copy of this magazine in November or December, it's the holiday issue, it's still going to be kind of interesting no matter what happens. So I had to think about it from that perspective how am i writing this to a person yeah. who picks it up on december first? it's an interesting
1: presentation yeah, yeah
0: and and how much because it's magazine writing it doesn't have to be journalism how much yeah. is it going to be humor and how much of it is like how much am i going to kind of insert my own personality into it and and at the same time we also wanted the the in i don't know if this was clear for the conversation the fundraising continues to the end of december the mm-hmm. goal is to hit the 159 159 right. k by the end of the walk mm-hmm. all right but the fundraising continues into December. So even if somebody happens to be listening to this podcast in December, you can still give. You can still get on and contribute. So we also wanted it to have the, the benefit of raising money for this youth center, which I think everybody agrees is important. Right. Also happens to be right down the street from us. Yes. Did you know that? You yes. Know I know
1: the school is talking about it. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, So anyways, uh, so I, I pounded that out and we went back and forth and I sent it to uh, Glenn Presano and he had some suggestions and we kind of worked on it into Sunday and you know then then the, the piece was done very unusual process for us normally everything is is done then yep. it goes off to the copy editor yep. and the copy editor has his say <laughs> and then it comes back to me and we wrangle a little bit more and and yeah. there it is um glenn perzano got to uh, dip his toe into the water as a photographer yes uh, so he's, he's yeah i noted that he's yeah. not uh you know normally a photographer yeah. and he got to stretch his wings and and i think the photography looks uh, looks pretty good uh uh-huh. but uh, you'll you'll have to be the judge when we when we hold the physical issue in our hands a couple weeks from now. All
1: right, before we preview the next issue, November issue yep. coming out very soon. We had to bump a guest for this show yep, to yeah, get yeah. the Senator on. Oh,
0: thanks for mentioning that. Yes. Yeah, so uh, today it was supposed to be house bear brewing out of Newburyport, and they very kindly moved their 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 time forward to, uh, to early in November, uh, which was tough for them because they sell their stuff and I'll talk about what they do at a lot of like farmers markets and Mm -hmm. things like that, which are beginning to shut down. Fortunately, there are the winters, the winter markets. Like I know the one, the winter market in Chelmsford that I live nearby. Um, I think it's, I can't remember the place. I think it's called Maxwell's. It's a, you know, like a hardware store. They do a really great, uh, winter's market and I know they sell it there. So this is a new report company that does mead Yeah, and as the Viking. I can't resist I can't resist mead. Mead is good for the winter. Mead is great for the winter yeah. and what they do it right because uh, like if you've ever tried mead and you haven't liked it it's probably because for a long time in this country before almost like the craft beer movement came in and showed people the way. Yep. You could get mead but it was very sweet. It tasted like cough syrup. It wasn't right. a very pleasant. And it, so or you could either get like something that was syrupy and sweet. Or you could get something that was very expensive that was made in Denmark or something like that. That would be like right. you know forty bucks for a bottle that would toss yeah. back and it'd be gone, right? Um, so, sort of on the heels of the craft beer movement, we started seeing meaderies coming around and doing it right and using good ingredients and making dry meads. And they they do fantastic stuff. Uh, on Memorial Day, I went and got I went to Drum Liquors in Chelmsford, Massachusetts, and picked up uh, you know a bunch of bottles of their mead, and that's what I served to my guests at our little viking party around the fire <laughs> um it's it's really good stuff so we'll talk more yep. uh, you know we'll we'll talk to them um uh you know in november uh but if you're interested in me and if you're, you're listening definitely check them out you can order on their website or go to the farmer's markets uh all throughout the merrimack valley uh and uh and pick up a bottle and and see for yourself there's there's uh, you know don't don't be afraid to buy me one it's nothing, you know, if, <laughs> if you do a direct yeah. message i'll send you my address it's there good stuff there you go uh,
1: so let's the November issue. First of all, let's start with when does it hit the shelves?
0: Uh, it's going to hit the shelves. Uh, well, it, the, the, sh- the shelf question and the mailbox question a little bit different, uh, and we don't n- know, but it's usually around the first of November, oh, the excellent. first of the month. Yep. All right, so it's going to it's going to it's going to be born sometime around November first. Yep. And then it takes a little bit of time to get into the mails and get into the stands. You can go over to Butcher Boy and Man Orchards and, and different places, uh, local places, independent mm-hmm. places, will stock it. Uh, so soon right now we 're in the the final part of production week, which is why I was working all weekend, which is why we 're all working late and mm-hmm. getting up early because we 're this is the final stretch, and the final stretch is always like. Lots of caffeine yep. type of like we just we all of us uh you know really keep um it's like walking 18 pushing. miles in a day it's it's <laughs> I, it's not that hard in in some sense mentally but there is that kind yeah. of like it, you know like we push we yep. push uh so editorial for the most part is done and tomorrow we proof we sit down and and a little group of proof uh you know proofreaders goes over and we go through and, and try to find the final you know, any type of error we can find or any mistake. And sometimes we spot big things. Most right. of the time we But we, we we go the extra mile. And we try to really make sure that the issue is going to be as clean as possible. Because we want to be the magazine of record. We want historians to be able to look at the magazine 100 years from now know that everything was accurate and that they can trust what they're reading. That's the goal. Yep. Uh, and that takes a lot of extra work. Uh, and that's tomorrow. When that's done, I get to breathe easy a little bit, <laughs> have a cup of tea. Meditate. Open and then some mead. Open some mead and, <laughs> yeah. then, and then start thinking about January. And yeah. November and December is a big issue for us. It's a complicated issue for us because it's the holiday issue. So there's right. a lot of things that we do to cover holiday related activities or you know like food and things like that that have to do with.
1: So what are the highlights? What are you gonna uh, see in a November issue?
0: One of my favorite pieces. Mm-hmm. Probably actually one of my favorite pieces that's ever been in the magazine since I started working is Paul Marion, who's been on the show. He's a writer. Uh, he's a publisher. He owns the Loom Press and, and Lowell. And he wrote a memoir piece about growing up in uh, – I mean, he grew up in it right outside. But it, growing up at a time that Lowell was very different, before the malls, right? where that was where you went when it was like holiday, Christmas right. shopping season, right? Yeah. Like it was – a completely different, like there was this energy and a buzz. And I think that comes through with the article and just what that meant. When and Christmas also,
1: was downtown shops.
0: Yeah, Gr- Christmas yeah. was downtown shops. And he yeah. also, like, that's where he worked. That's where he got his first jobs. It's running the elevator at one of these department stores. And it's it's just a fantastic piece. It's a dense piece. There are many, many layers mm-hmm. to it. But it's also beautiful. And it's just, it just you know, and, and it's not like I was there. I, it, it makes me feel nostalgic. But I yeah. vaguely remember a little bit of that time but I'm much more a child of of the malls right. than yeah. of, of downtown Lowell. I mm-hmm. do remember, you know, going and shopping sure. things in, yeah. in Lowell, but I was really really young.
1: Decorated these mill towns, decorated with the shops open and yeah.
0: going shopping at night. Yeah, yeah. So it's a fantastic piece, and I think it says ultimately, you know, you can always learn lessons from the past in in good ways, not not just in negative ways. Yep. Um, and and he he digs in, he digs in on that, and it's just beautifully written. So I'm really excited about that. There's a whole bunch of holiday. Related material too, like we do this thing every every Thursday. We have a free newsletter called eight great things to do this weekend. Right. So we do various spins on eight great that involve music with musicians who, you know, grew up in the valley mm-hmm. or who live in the valley um, films with actors who, uh, you know, are from the Valley, because there's a whole bunch of, you know, actors, like people don't sure. necessarily realize. Adam yeah. Sandler is from Merrimack Valley. He grew up in here. You know, so there's a whole you know, a bunch of celebrities. So we do a film yep. thing, and then we do a little, uh, you know, little bits history, a look at some of the, you know, holiday-related history of the Merrimack Valley, mm-hmm. too. So these kind of neat little digestible sort of like, I didn't know nice. that, or I once knew that, but I forgot about it, about about our region. And then we have, every year we do this, You know, holidays with the chefs type piece where we go and we talk to chefs in the area and we ask them about their holiday memories. What do you remember growing up? What are your food memories? And we ask them to build recipes Mm. based on their their memories. It's a really popular piece. People love it. And the cool thing about it is it gives you a lot of ideas, even if you're not throwing big parties this year. It gives you ideas of dishes you can make for your family. Some of them are traditional, some of them maybe not so much. Like yeah. when we did Horseshoe Grill a couple of years ago, the chef, his birthday was on Christmas. So he every year he would go outside and get a big cast iron pot and make chili. <laughs> Most people don't <laughs> really? associate chili yeah. with, with Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. chili, I like it. But that was his tradition. Now to me, chili on Christmas makes perfect sense. Yep. Christmas Day makes perfect sense. Especially if you're going to be outside with a bunch of your buddies drinking beer and cooking over cast iron. I, I can't imagine anything with it t- does make perfect sense it, yeah. can you imagine anything tasting better and it's you know you, you what better to keep
1: you warm while you're sitting outside exactly yeah
0: yeah so so there's you know and then along these same lines we also did something on hot cocktails oh uh you know which excellent. is something you know you know people sometimes forget that you can make these kind of neat uh hot drinks so we had area bartenders contribute those uh, we talked to Don Aurora Hunt, who was also on the show, uh, The Kitchen Witch, um, yep. whose book uh, just came out, which is really cool. You should check that out. And she contributed a non-alcoholic a, a tea or an herbal tea for people who don't drink alcohol. That's that's very warming. It will keep you warm on those those cold nights. I hope I'm getting everybody in the mood for yep. uh, for for the holidays. Yep. Um, we did something on Dean Johnson. He mm-hmm. has Good Eats Calm, which is usually a food review. Dean wrote about what it's like to have a new restaurant during the pandemic Oh, Uh, because there are places that opened up Yep, and it can be really, really tough for small restaurants that open either sort of right before or during the pandemic. I don't want to say too much about it. It's a neat piece, uh, but we maybe can turn people on to some restaurants they can check out, but also get into the heads of of restaurateurs as they they grappled with their fears and, and uncertainty and having to close and change and... And what worked and what didn't and what ended up being a stroke of luck. and um, We're going to need some new restaurants because a lot of restaurants are
1: opting not to do. Yeah. Not you know to close their doors for a while. Yeah, yeah. And, so, with the outdoor seating gone.
0: And as far as today, yeah. all the ones we mentioned are, are still there and, and, and yep. worth visiting. All, all you know, really great stuff.
1: So this would be a nice holiday reference. You can keep this around on the coffee table yeah. all holiday long and pull yeah. something out of it. Yeah.
0: in, in holiday broadly defined, too. Yep. I just want to, like, there's a piece in there um, uh, Emily Noel Provo wrote about... New year's in her column uh we do stuff on thanksgiving uh you know we we, we tr- you know we cover a lot of bases as much as we can uh but it's broadly defined the holidays during during the season and we throw the net as as, as wide as as we can imagine a lot of it definitely christmas related uh, for sure um you know, like Steve Godou, the wine columnist, he wrote something on wine gifts. Mm-hmm. If you're going to give, uh, you know, wine to your, uh, uh, or if you're going to give wine or wine type things, I think his his big piece of advice, not to spoil it, is to give decanters because I guess you can't have enough. I'm not a big wine drinker, but I guess yeah. you can't have enough decanters. You can have three or four of them because you can use them yep. for different wines when you have guests and, yeah. and that sort of thing. So there's there's a lot of gifts. Uh, like even the book reviews, we specifically chose the books. Because we thought they would make nice gifts. Oh, nice. So, like, speaking yeah. of Paul Marion, Bloom Press put out something called Atlantic Currents, which is, which is a, a compendium of, of different pieces by uh, Lowell writers and writers from a town in Ireland. And it's dense, and there's a lot of great stuff. Yeah. A lot of local writers, you know, so if you want to support local literature, definitely pick up Atlantic Currents. Makes a great stocking stuffer kind of thing. Uh, we did the Dawn Roar Hunt. A piece we reviewed that um Joanna Carada is a novelist from Chelmsford who wrote her first thriller which is called The Docks. Hmm. um so she's a Chelmsford novelist but it's set in Boston and that's really good that's a the real page turner and then the you know a a book that I read at the beginning of the pandemic that I just absolutely loved. I've been pushing it. I've mentioned on the show, I've been pushing on everyone. This is no time to quit drinking. Right. By Stephen O'Connor. Yeah. Who I ran into for the first time while I was out hiking. Oh, nice. randomly. I was really? just sitting there on a bench yeah. and, and he Get came out. over and he said, are you Doug Sparks? And I said, <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, so anyways, so we reviewed stuff that, you know, the reviews but in my mind it was like well let's do these because these are the sort of things you might want to give to to book lovers right um and then we have this like artisan gift guide section so lots of, of like gift ideas and then we have stuff that's just seasonal um like sarah corshane who uh i say over and over again is one of my favorite writers at the magazine one of my favorite writers she's just a great prose stylist beautiful beautiful writer um She's a, a, she's a professor at Northern Essex Community College and teaches science, but she has a literature background. Oh, interesting. So she has the, the clarity of a scientist. Right. But like sort of the beauty in writing of, of a poet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just think her, her writing is, is fantastic. And she wrote about hunting season, not from the perspective of a hunter. She's not a hunter. Um, but from the, from the viewpoint of a scientist and also what that means to your backyard, what that means to the ecosystem right behind your house. It's a really neat piece. Interesting. So, yeah, I, you know, her stuff is always amazing. And, and I always look forward to it. And I always learn something Um <laughs> Even as somebody who likes to read nature writing and be out there, I always learn cool stuff from, from that I just don't think anybody else is, is mentioning in Sarah Shane. And there's also, um, what else? There was something else. Oh, so, oh um, fat biking and winter biking. Fat biking. You know what fat bikes are? Fat, fat wheels. Fat wheels, yeah. The, big, the, the, big, the, yeah. the, the mountain bikes with the big tires that you can ride in right. the snow, which was, seemed to be, some people said, was almost like a dying trend. And then COVID came along. Now, everybody's going to want to get out. Fat biking was a dying trend or biking uh, n- in the maybe snow? Maybe not a dying trend. It was yeah. becoming a little bit more niche. Yeah. Biking in the snow was becoming maybe a little bit more niche. It turns out, from what I understand, not having done it, is it's it's great even for kids because I guess the bikes are really comfortable because the tires are so wide. There's a lot of stability. Mm-hmm. So even though you think, well, you're out there in the snow and ice, I think it's actually extremely safe, maybe even more safe because of the way these bikes are built than regular mountain biking. Yeah. Not an expert. Don't quote me on that. Um, but we knew because of, of COVID that, that a lot of people are going to be looking for these fat tire bikes this, this winter, um, and are going to be out there. So we wanted to talk about them and places to go and some of the associations and where yep. you can pick them up and some things to be aware of. So we did the, you know, the fat biking too. Uh, and, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. I personally, uh, you know, I'm excited about snowshoeing. And you got to get out there. Yeah. I I mean, if you can, you have to get out there, right? Mental health, physical health, all sorts of reasons. It's important to get outside during the winter because what you don't want, even with COVID, even if, say, things get worse, right, is your immune system is going to take a hit if you're not leaving your house. Right. Got to get some sun. You need to get some sun. You need to get out (laughs) and move. And we have these resources. We have these great trails throughout the Merrimack Valley, you know, uh, that that are there even in winter. I love winter hiking partly because it's quiet like you, do, you don't see as many people i mean i go out there now and you'll there'll be people who are just listening to music and you know yep, you, you have right. people who yeah. aren't normally out hiking. it's a whole different feel yeah it's a different feel and there's also sort of a friendliness because you feel like you're part of this like little club yeah of the people who like to get out when it's so it'll be like icy cold and you won't see anybody and then you round the corner and there's somebody <laughs> is and you get that kind of like you yeah know, like brothers and sisters right? there's that
1: deadening though there's there's a real quiet to it that is is really kind of peaceful yeah yeah absolutely
0: yeah, yeah. absolutely so i i love that stuff and and i'm excited about that piece it was a, a new writer a young writer who wrote that and she did a really great job you know you sometimes have to trust new writers and just dive in with them and, and hope they produce something but she was uh she was really great uh so there's a lot you know there's this uh we did something on um What's it called? Um, Goody Crunch, which is, a, a, I think they're based out of Salem. It's a, a food company that makes snacks based on traditional Nigerian really? food. Really? Uh, and it's like vegan and gluten-free and really, really healthy, but really, really yummy. And we did something mm-hmm. in Shabans. Yep. Uh, and over because they're kind of last of a dying breed. It's a family-run business that does things the old-fashioned way, right. coming right from a, a lineage of, of tailors from Turkey. You know, yep. Um, And that's you know, you don't find that in in many places and you don't find it in a lot of downtowns. So so we wanted to to look at them. Yep. Uh, So anyways, yeah, a a lot. um, Scott Plath, his column is going to be in there, of course. And Mm -hmm. and he everything is going to be about winter and dealing with winter and holidays. And what is Plath right about? (laughs) He writes about the summer.
1: Oh good for him. Yeah. <laughs> but,
0: but it will be good. Yeah. It will be good because it's it's like thinking back to the summer and, and some of his experiences. Yep. It will be a little bit of a a little bit of warmth. Oh, we all need to look back in the yeah, middle yeah. of the winter. We all like to look back at the summer days. Absolutely. So yeah. it's gonna be a packed packed issue. And then the and then of course the the Diana Di piece mm-hmm. uh, you know, will be in there and you'll get to see the photography and, and we're we're really uh you know, i like to think people respond to that and, and kinda of get where we're we're going with that. What's it. on the cover? Uh, the cover is uh, a Steve Penipede creation. He's our creative director. And um, we just wanted to do something a little bit different. So it's it's art that Steve oh, did. Okay. It's different. It's different than what we've done in the past. So you'll, you'll have to, to yep. wait and see. Glenn Prezano wanted him to uh, Photoshop me dressed up like Santa in the midst of this, uh, you know, this piece of art. Yeah. And like the artist he is. He was not i i will tell you right now i am not photoshopped into the cover <laughs> he's not so going for that don't, don't look for me hidden yeah. behind the trees i'm not there <laughs> um, so yeah it's, there's a lot going on and and i think uh, i think we're really proud of this one and and i hope people respond to it sounds like
1: it'll be very useful all the way through the news it's
0: useful yeah. inspiring you know we wanted stuff that was like no no matter where we are in the world no matter what happens politically get a little bit of inspiration a little bit of health a little bit of warmth a little bit of reflection a little bit of thoughtfulness uh, something to, and in, in, you know, to, something to, to get you to think. Okay, here's something different I can do with my day. Yeah, right? I, like the, I wasn't thinking of this,
1: doing this, but maybe now I'm going to try. I like the kind of permanence of the format too, because you've got three-minute YouTube videos or you stream past something on Instagram or or Facebook and it just goes away and you forget about it, but this you're going to be able to have. You can refer to it. Yeah. You'll see it and say, hey, maybe there's another edition there for tonight that I, that I can put together.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. this this is what... We have two interns from UMass Lowell this mm-hmm. semester and I, I kind of talked to them about this. Is like you, you have to think of it like who's going to be reading this in, in 20 years or 30 years mm-hmm. and what are they going to make of it? And we want this to be accurate. You know, we want this to be, th- right. you know, the writing of record so if people look back at this time this is going to be helpful for them to understand it and they know that it's going to be truthful you know they know that what they're reading is going to be like something that they can trust right and that's very very important to us Aside from just hoping that the recipes <laughs> will stand the test of time, yes, and that I mean, wouldn't it be great if 30 years from now somebody finds the magazine and decides to make one of the cocktails or, sure. or you know, one of these dishes, like a uh, purple carrot and Lowell contributed a dish which looks fantastic, you know, and sees this and says, "Oh, people don't make this sort of thing anymore. Right. Why not? I, sh- I should yep. do this." And and uh, who knows where it <laughs> leads, how it percolates and and spreads and influences things down the road. All right. We'll look for that uh, somewhere around November 1st. Yes, absolutely. All right, Lou, thank you so much. I appreciate it. everybody who's listening. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks again to Senator Diana Di'soglio. We wish her safe travels on the road ahead. <music>